This is the Patriots Drive Podcast. We are all Patriots. Where we discuss, analyze, and answer questions to all things happening in the NFL and with our New England Patriots. Now, here's your host, Cole Kelly. Let's go! Welcome in to the fourth episode of the Patriots Drive podcast. Today is going to be a little bit of a different episode. We'll be answering a few of your guys' questions that you sent in on Instagram today. Um, here with my co-host, Jace Campbell. How's it going, Jace? I am doing great. Always happy to be talking some Patriots football and hearing uh, questions from our listeners. Absolutely. And eight more days, seven more days till training camp. So getting closer and closer to the season. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I know. I, I'm Excited. We will have a little special episode next week, too, before training camp comes out. Um, and then, you know, football season's here pretty much. It, it's exciting. You know, all the offseason talk that we had and speculation, free agency, draft, it's all in the past. It's all time to put out or show out. Right around the corner. Yeah. No, I can't wait. We got so much, so much anticipation this season and rookie quarterback coming in, Cam quarterback competition we got we got a lot of exciting things to watch out for this year so i'm excited me too me too well let's get right into this q a cole put up on his uh, instagram story uh patriots drive if you don't follow him make sure you do i don't know why you wouldn't but he put up a q a on his story so if you guys want to be featured in the next q a we do or if we have call in uh question q a's in uh, one of our live shows make sure you guys are uh, viewing a story and clicking um swiping up and answering the or asking what you want to find out but let's start in our first question this was answered by m thigpen seven i hope i didn't butcher that name but thank you for the question it says is this a year we beat buffalo two times and if not what does it mean for the division this is a tough one for me buffalo's going to be a great team this year they were a great team last year josh allen was absolutely incredible i mean top top three top five quarterback last year so it's going to be tough taking them down, but you see we were right in that first game. We should have beat them uh, at home. Yep, I believe at home. When Cam fumbled, we could have tied the game. We were in field goal range, but we we're, we were going for the win, and uh, Cam ended up fumbling. So we were right in that game, and then the second game, we just we got smacked by them. It, it wasn't even close. Uh, Cam was not great. Our defense was not great. We were missing Stephon Gilmore in that second game as well, but Buffalo's a great team. We made a lot of additions, so defensively offensively we should be a lot better and I don't I don't think personally that we'll beat them twice this year but I do see us splitting the series um, against them one game to one and I, I wouldn't be shocked if we beat them twice it's two good teams battling it out in the division you never know what's going to happen in divisional games they lost John Brown but they also added Emmanuel Sanders so it's it's going to be a great series to watch this year and I, I can't wait yeah, I think the easy answer here is to say we split one and one. I don't see New England going zero and two again like they did last year. Um, it's just, you know, we know how big this AFC East rivalry rivalry is. Uh, Bill Bill's going to have the team ready. The players are going to be ready because New England's dominated this division for twenty years, and last year was Buffalo's first year. They're going to want to show them that that was a, that that was a fluke year, and they're they're not going to get swept by them again. But I, I agree. I think the only way we beat them two times. Um, is if there's some sort of major injury to Buffalo, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are just, they're too good. Tredavious White on the other side, they're two safeties. It, they have a solid team, and it's taken nothing away from the players we signed, but 
um, the uncertainty of New England's chemistry. We, we have a lot of young guys. We have a lot of new guys in the system. How are they going to respond? How are they going to play in the system? We have, we've yet to see that. So I think one and one's the easy answer to say here against Buffalo. I would love to go 2-0 and and rub it, in, rub it in Bill's fans' face again because uh, last year they thought that they're starting their own dynasty and they very well could be, but I hope New England shuts that door very quickly and you know we show them that we're here to compete still. The good thing about the chemistry-wise, too, is that we, we play the Bills December 6th and December 26th. So it's going to be late in the season, so we'll have some time to hopefully build chemistry with those guys. You saw the Bucks last year, how long it took them to really get rolling. Um, so we'll we'll have both games later in the season against them, which, which will be good. But, yeah, I mean, you, you saw how frustrated Bill was last year in that second game. I mean, throw, throwing the phone, he was he does not want to get blown out by Buffalo like that again. You know what I mean? So. I think it's going to be two really competitive games with two great teams. I think we made a lot of really great additions on both sides of the ball that are going to make us competitive with Buffalo. And that whole division, um, obviously the Jets are just starting to, you know what I mean, build something. But Miami's right there. Buffalo's right there. I think we're right there. So it's going to be a three-team race for that division. But it's it's going to be super exciting to watch. Um Josh Allen had a phenomenal year last year, but a lot of the times when you have that breakout year, that second year, a lot of the times quarterbacks regress just a little bit. So we'll see how he does if he follows that up and gets even better, if he has a year just like last year, or if he regresses a little bit. I mean, once when you have a year that was as, as special as the year he had last season, a lot of coaches and a lot of teams pay more attention, watch the film, and and try to see what they can do to limit your success and not have you have another season as great as that one. Yeah, and now Buffalo, they won the division last year. They went to the AFC East. They're going to be playing, or the AFC Championship game. They're going to be playing a first-place schedule. Um, every game is going to be, you know, decent teams last year. When, when you take a fourth and third in the division and you kind of get the easier side of schedules, you don't play the top teams in the NFC division that you're lined up with. But um, Buffalo's going to have a tougher division uh, to play in or a tougher schedule to play in this year, tougher division too. Obviously I, I agree with you though. Josh Allen was out of his mind and bill is going to be in the film room. I bet he's already been in the film room on how to stop him. I think it starts with our, the athleticism we added, not only on the defensive line, but at the linebacker position too, to keep him in the pocket, to keep him from not scrambling, extending plays, and then also getting a pass rush on him. He had all day to throw the ball both times we played him. And it was kind of frustrating because when you give him all day a receiver like Stefan Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders with his uh, veteran you know, play, he, they're going to get open. It, it's hard to guard a guy for eight seconds. I don't care what cornerback you are. So getting pressure on Josh Allen this year with those new guys we added up front, Judon bringing back Van Noy. Hopefully Uche can break out. Uh, Ronnie Perkins, you know, get a little stouter on the interior defensive uh, line. I, I hope that the pass rush can get to him a little more times this year. And if Stephon Gilmore stays healthy, I think that's going to be a huge difference. I mean, it's just a trickle-down effect with when you got your top corner on Stephon Diggs, a guy that talented, and if Gilmore can limit him to a few catches, you know what I mean? You keep him on under three, four catches for under 50 yards, something like that. That's Josh Allen's security blanket. That's who he wants to throw the ball to. That's who he wants to go to. So Buffalo doesn't have a great running game. Um, if we can put some pressure on the passer and – be great in coverage it's it's going to be a trickle-down effect and it's going to make their offense a lot harder against our defense so that gives us more opportunities on offense to score the ball and we added a lot of weapons to make it harder for their defense to stop us so 
it's going to be a great matchup this year, and it's going to be hard for either team to beat the other team twice. So that's why I think we're going to split the series. I don't, I don't see us losing twice. I don't really see them losing twice, but it's it's going to be a really exciting series to watch. The the teams are too familiar with each other at this point too. Um, the Bills know the Patriots. The Patriots know the Bills. You know, last year, uh, the Patriots just didn't quite have that personnel to go out and beat them and. Uh, they should have. They, I mean, we want to say they should have. We never know what would have happened if Cam didn't fumble, but it was looking like they were going to split it. And I think New England's even better this year than what they were last year. And so I don't see how they get swept again. Um, I think picking up one, and obviously I would, if I had to say what game are we going to win, it's going to be the home game, right? Full stadium, Pat's nation's back. Everyone knows uh, the circumstances with the Bills. Um, and it's always tough to play in Buffalo too. So I, I think that we pick up the home game um, and yeah. Yeah. It's tough to play in Foxborough for opposing teams. It's tough to play in Buffalo for opposing teams. So the home field advantage is going to be real for both those games, especially a divisional game where the stakes are going to be so high, especially late in the, late in the season like that. I mean, it's December football. That's, that's getting to playoff football. So both teams should be at their peaks and it's going to be, I think both neck and neck heading for the division. So it's going to be super, super exciting to watch. But, yeah, both teams are really talented. I don't think Buffalo really got that much better this offseason, but they were already they were already significantly better than we were last season. But we still should have really split the series. We should have, we should have taken one of those games. It looked like we were going to. Cam fumbled. It was unfortunate. But even with that team that we had last year, the severe lack of talent compared to Buffalo's talented team, we still competed in one of those games. The other game was a blowout, like we said. But So I think it's going to be a lot more competitive this year. And, and they didn't add a lot of pieces. We added a ton of pieces. So hopefully the chemistry is good by then. And, and we can make it a competitive two games and hopefully take the division. Totally agree. Well, uh, staying on the division topic. Gosh, these names are getting harder and harder to read. So forgive me if I say I'm wrong. Antis.pavlidis. I know I got that wrong. Don't don't <laughs> kill me. <laughs> Do you believe the Patriots can take the AFC East with all the players they signed? I think they can. I don't I don't necessarily know if we will. It's it's going to be so interesting to watch. I, I know I know we've kind of said it a few times already, but just the Dolphins are a fantastic team and I I know a lot of people hated on Tua last season and have the, they have their concerns with him, but I mean it was such an odd year last year with COVID and everything. He didn't really have a full off season as a rookie and a young quarterback starting in this league experience is going to make you better. So I think he'll take a lot from last season and he'll learn a lot. And I think he'll be a lot better this year. He's got a ton of talent around him. Now he's got Will Fuller, um, Devontae Parker. They just drafted Jalen Waddle. They got a great tight end in Gusecki. So there's that team is very talented. They, their defense is stacked as well. So, if Tua plays better this year with their phenomenal weapons and their great defense, they're going to be right in the division race as well. So it's going to be, this is not a cakewalk of the AFC East any longer. I mean, the Jets are still not great, but they're building something over there. They have a young, talented quarterback looks like. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a really tough, it's going to be really tough to take the division this year. And I think it's going to come down to the last couple of weeks and, that's why these division games are going to be so exciting to watch because they're going to be so impactful of how the season's going to go. If you want to control your own fate, you got to win those division games because especially when the division's this close. So there's a lot of talent. All of the top three teams are super talented. So 
We'll see how it shakes out, but I, I definitely think we can take the division. I think we have the talent. I think if Cam has a better year or if Mac takes over and he's running the offense smoothly and just throwing the ball where it needs to go and protecting the football, not not turning the ball over, I think our defense, once that gets rolling and our offense, the chemistry builds, I think we're going to be a really talented football team that can that can win double-digit games. Yeah, I totally agree. If you're a Patriots fan and you don't think what New England did in the offseason and the draft is enough for them to get back in contention, at least for this AFC East uh, title, I, I don't know why you're a Patriots fan still, because I don't I, I love what I just love what they did. The additions, everything they did. You, we have to be better than last year. And we have the greatest coach of all time coaching behind them. Now, if we went out and spent all this money and, you know, you hear people saying, well, Look at the Jaguars or so-and-so. They've spent all this guaranteed money, but we have an outlying factor. We have Bill Belichick. He, he's he's the greatest coach of all time. He he knows how to prepare people. He knows how to win. He's been doing it for 20 years. So I, I don't see how we can't be in contention. I'm looking at strength of schedule right now. We have the 19th easiest schedule. The Bills have the 23rd, and the Dolphins have the 27th. So all three of us are are in the lower half of the league in strength of schedule wise. And so it's going to come down to, you know, who's prepared, who wants it more. And I think that these guys in new England, both the, I think Cam Newton's a very motivated player and he's going to want to prove things. So that it's going to give me hope that he's going to come out and push to win this AFC East. I don't think we have a bunch of players that are going to lie down and, you know, pucker at the side of competition. So I think new England's going to be a very competitive team in this AFC East. They Bill wants to get back to his winning ways and show people that he can do it without Brady and it wasn't all Brady's you know dynasty and it's not all um, on Brady. And I know a lot of people like to hate on Bill Belichick, the GM, but when it comes to signing people in free agency, that's that's not where he struggled. It's kind of been the draft where he struggled recently and drafting talented players. But when it comes to signing guys in free agency. He does a pretty great job with that. So, I mean, I'm not really concerned about the amount of money he spent. It's he added players that he envisions in a role in this defense and in this offense. And I think we added a lot of really great pieces that complement each other really well to round out our defense as a whole. We got pass rush now. We got we already had a great secondary. We we got people who can stop the run now. We have two tight ends who are good at different things. Janu, after the catch, he's great. He's he's an athlete. He can he's very versatile. He can do a lot of different things. Both tight ends are good in the red zone. Hunter Henry runs great routes, knows how to play against zone coverage and sit in the weak spots of a zone. So if we got Nelson Aguilar to take the top off the defense and create openings in the mid middle of the field for the tight end. So I, I just I think a lot of the pieces make sense of who he added and the money he spent didn't go to waste. I think he has a vision for these guys and it's going to be awesome to see how it all comes together and plays out throughout the year. There might be some growing pains early in the season, but I mean, I think that season was extremely tough for Bill and I don't think he ever wants to go through whenever another seven and nine season. So especially seeing Brady hoist the Lombardi at the end of the year, the first year after he left, I think that's going to be just extra motivation for a guy who's extremely motivated and just, just wants to win football games. Yeah. Bill, Bill's not, you know, he he hears what everyone's saying. Everyone wants to criticize him, saying like he doesn't answer the media questions. That's just how Bill is. Bill's a very, you know, self. He, he's just he he keeps stuff to himself, and I think that's what drives him. That's what motivates him. Um, 
him and the coaching staff are going to be working their tails off to get this team ready to play week one against Miami because it's going to be a big game when we come out week one against Miami. It's going to set the tone on, you know, how's Cam Newton looking? How are the new guys fitting into the system? You know, what are the Patriots looking like? Because it really is a new team. It, other than the offensive line and a couple secondary pieces, this looks like a really new young t- uh, Patriots team. So there's going to be a lot of questions answered week one when we step on that field against Miami. And I, I'm just hoping that, and, and I truly believe that we come out and we look sharp. Bill's going to have them ready. Training camp in New England is going to be top of the line. It's going to be, they're going to hold them to a different standard. They're going to want them ready to perform whether it's offense, defense, special teams. And uh, I'm just excited for them to step out and compete for this AFC East championship this year. And that whole locker room. I mean, we have a great culture there that's been built with all the veterans and everybody. They're not used to losing football games. So I think, I think you can sense the sense of urgency and how excited these guys are to get back on the field and show everybody that this is not a seven and nine football team. This is, this is a bunch of great talented players who are trying to win a championship. So the only part I'm concerned about is that chemistry early in the year with so many added pieces. Um, but I mean, once, once they start rolling middle of the season, I think they could, they can make a run and it's, it's going to be super exciting to watch. We got a lot of talented guys who can do different things. And that week one game is going to be huge. I'm, I'm sure Bill's going to be preparing for it. I'm sure he's already been preparing for it. You know what I mean? Trying to get a game plan to win that first divisional game right off the bat and set a tone, you know what I mean? Set a tone for the season start off 1 and 0 in the division then you play the Jets week 2. So I know the entire team knows how important these divisional games are going to be this year because it's going to be such a tough race. So hopefully week 1 we come out firing and we get that first victory. Mm-hmm. Uh Cohen M28 his at, uh question is who's your breakout player this year for the Pats? I think there's going to be a lot, but uh Cole what do you think are uh, going to be a couple? So this one is tough for me because I think there's a possibility for a few different guys to break out, some of the young guys, but my my biggest one is Kyle Duggar. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. He's so talented, he's so athletic, and what he did last season, even with the COVID year and the shortened offseason, he's just he's so athletic and he's a piece that they'll be able to use. Once he starts to refine some of his coverage skills of playing strong safety and being able to cover tight ends, he's so good in the box. I mean... He had a total of 64 tackles, 43 solo, 21 assisted. So 64 tackles your rookie season. He had that game against the Ravens where they used him as a chess piece against Lamar Jackson in that run game, and and he did phenomenal. Stopping the run, making plays with his, his athleticism. So once he starts to refine his coverage skills a little bit and starts to get more used to that, he, I think he's going to just – I think he's going to be phenomenal. So that draft pick – we traded back. A lot of people kind of were hoping we'd get a first round talent, but I think, I think he is one. I, I think he's going to be a great player for us for years to come. I think that that draft pick, I, I, I love the um, pick right there for Duggar breaking out. I've seen a couple things on um, Twitter about like prayer circles for Kyle Duggar to be defensive player of the year, which I don't know if that's his <laughs> potential right now, but I would love it. But I think that that draft pick, when you talk about what Bill Belichick is good at in the draft, it's it's finding those hidden gems. A D a D two guy that when you play Division two football, you have to stand out and you have to dominate the competition. And he did. If you watch his film, punt returning on defense, the dude was everywhere. He did it all. And I think that that's one of those guys where 
as soon as the pick was made, you're like, Lenore Ryan, why are we picking a guy out of Lenore Ryan? And now everyone's seeing the yeah. massive upside, not only, you know, physically he has, but I, I mean, he, on the field mentally, he, he flies around. He, he looks like he means business. I'm excited for Kyle Duggar. The one that I want to see break out is another guy from um, last year's draft class. And that's Josh Uche. Um, I think he came in a little raw into new England. He didn't get much time in Michigan. And we know how Bill Belichick has turned um, uh, edge rushers into, you know, great stars. We saw Trey Flowers. We've seen him go through other uh, other guys. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see Uche, his ability, his progress that he's made with this coaching staff. And I think it's only going to benefit him that we brought in Judon, that we brought in Van Noy, because the attention is going to go to those guys. And I'm looking for Uche on that backside, wherever he is, to make plays one-on-one, win his individual battle, and get to the quarterback. Yeah, for sure. And and going back to Kyle Duggar just real quick. Um, he when you watched his tape in Division Two, you were like, All right, that guy does not belong on the field with those other guys. He is in a different class of his own in that division. He he didn't he didn't belong there. So once you really turn I mean, when you see first off division two drafted early in the second round, you're like, What the heck? But then you turn on the tape and you're like, Okay, this guy this guy really didn't belong in division two. He he's in a class of his own as an athlete. And that's that's one of the first times in a little while that Bill's drafted a guy who's just a phenomenal athlete and he's going to be able to use him as a chess piece along with all these other guys we added this offseason. So once he starts to refine some of those skills and just gets more use for the NFL and gets those techniques down, I think he's going to be he's going to be phenomenal. But yeah, Josh Uche as well. He that's all you heard about this like not preseason but during OTAs and uh mandatory minicamp. You heard so much about Josh Uche flying off the line. Josh Uche blowing by a guy, getting a sack on the quarterback. He was all over the place. He's such a high motor guy who's just super explosive and can can rush the passer extremely well. So once they, I think they're going to find a role for him this year. And having a couple guys, having Van Noy back, having um, Matt Judon in that room with him in that line uh, linebacker room, I think he's going to just continue to progress and improve and get better and better and. I think he'll have a role that's refined this season, and I think he's going to have a lot of success. And I think he's just only going to go up from here as a player and grow. Yeah, Uche is one of those guys that, you know, might not have been the flashiest pick there. A lot of people are saying he was underdeveloped, but with this coaching staff, with Bill's track record of developing guys, you know, two, three years down the road, maybe he doesn't have a solid breakout there year this year. Um, so maybe I shouldn't have thrown him in, but I think he's working his way up to being a great pass rusher, a great, you know, one-two punch with Judon on the opposite side of the ball. And who knows what we do with Winovich. Um, there's kind of been a little rumors around that maybe he's not going to stay after his uh, rookie contract's up, and maybe Uche comes in and fills that role. So um, I'm looking for Uche to come in do some big things um, on that offensive side of the ball or on that defensive side of the ball. And then on the offensive side, I had one more breakout player, and this might not be a popular pick, but I think – it's time for Isaiah Wynn to break out. I think it's time for him to stay healthy. I think it's time for him to solidify that offensive line because that's really the one question mark right now on that offensive line. I think Isaiah knows it. I think the Patriots know it, that he needs to stay healthy. He needs to play to that first-round draft pick that we took him at, and I'm looking for him to break out, and he might not be our best offensive lineman, but if we can get him to play to his potential, that's going to be a top-two offensive line in football. Yeah, I mean, that's the main thing for him, right, is staying healthy. That's what he struggled with so much throughout his short career so far. And the Patriots, I mean, they kind of 
showed some confidence in him by giving him uh, by giving him that fifth year option. Yeah. So they instilled their confidence in him and said, "Hey, we believe in you that that you're going to be somebody who's going to be on this team for a while, and we're giving you this extra year as well." So he's he's got to stay healthy. This is the year he's got to do it. He he hasn't stayed healthy yet, and when you have somebody who only plays half the season every year, it's it's hard. You know what I mean? The good thing for them this year is that they have great offensive line depth. If Isaiah Wynn goes down, Trent Brown can swing over to left tackle. Michael Wenu can swing over to right tackle from left guard. And then we have uh, Ted Karras who can slide right into guard. So even if he's not healthy, I think the depth we have at this offensive line and how good this offensive line is going to be, I think we'll still have success. But you don't want to have to depend on having great bench guys to come fill in for somebody who's hurt. You know, you want to be able to count on somebody to be on the field week to week and stay healthy and build chemistry. Cause when you've got to switch off, when you got to switch up the offensive line every few weeks, because somebody's getting hurt, that's tough. It's tough to build consistency and chemistry and keep things rolling. So yeah, just staying healthy for him is going to be a big thing, but going back to Uche real quick, I, I agree with you. I think, I think he could be a breakout player this year and the next couple of years. I, th- I think he's going to be good for us as well. I think the only problem is the players we added to that position. He's probably going to have limited snaps. So stats wise, it might be hard for him to technically break out, but I think he's going to have a great year in whatever specialized role that he has. Um, and that was one good thing about last season, even though our team was bad and the record wasn't great. A lot of young guys got some experience and got to go out there and just play football even though we had some losses and it was a tough year, they got a lot of snaps that they normally wouldn't get if we had a championship caliber team. So a lot of those young guys got more experience. Kyle Duggar played a lot of snaps. Josh Uche had some injuries that he had to deal with, but he got some good snaps. Uh, Winovich got a good amount of snaps. So we got to see what a lot of these young guys have, and they got to have a lot of experience that hopefully this year when they have refined roles, they can kind of have a better idea of the NFL and they have, more experience than they normally have. So I think that's going to help their progression even more. And when they have some of these good mentors to learn from, that's just going to make their growth exponentially better. Yeah, I'm excited to watch both Duggar and Uche play on that defensive side of the ball. That's really the year that, or that's really the side of the ball that I'm looking at. You know, obviously there's concerns at the quarterback position, but our defense last year was a little, you know, banged up our interior run defense. We had, Dante Hightower opt out there. There's question marks there. Um, and not that there's not question marks on the offense side of the ball, but the Patriots need to get back to that, you know, defense that you can't throw on one side to Gilmore because he's a top five corner. We're going to get a pass rush on you. Our interior defensive line stout. So I'm really looking forward to a lot of, you know, young guys and not even young guys, but just guys in general to break out and contribute on that defensive side. And I don't think people really realize how big of a loss Hightower was. You know what I mean? That's the, he's the captain, like one of the captains of that defense. He's, he's studies so much film. And, and when you go back, I, I can't remember who the player was, who they interviewed, but they had an interview with one of the Pats players who made a great play. Um, and they asked about it. He was like, yeah, I, I made that play because Hightower told me what was coming. You know what I mean? That's something that Luke Keekley did really well when he played. He, st- he watched so much film. He knew he was calling out the opponent's plays before the ball was snapped. So that's that's something that having Hightower back in the center of the defense at middle linebacker and him running around, rushing the passer, playing in coverage, being stout in the run game. It's just it, 
all these pieces that we added and having Hightower back and McCordy still being there and, and having this team leadership that we have, it's all going to trickle down and each thing's going to impact the other as a domino effect. And I think it's just our defense is going to be so exciting to watch this year. I'm, I'm so excited to see how much better we are from last season. It was, it was frustrating seeing teams just run the ball on us effortlessly and teams that weren't even good at running the football were, were getting 150, 200 yards a game on us. So Bill is not going to stand for that again. We added the pieces to stop the run, to rush the passer. So I, I can't wait to see how this unit performs this season. Yeah, that San Francisco game was unbearable to watch, dude. They just shoved it down our throats. They were like, you guys are on a different level than we are, and we know it, and we're just going to run it until you stop it. And we couldn't. It, it was bad. And I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think they had a couple of running backs that were injured. Yeah. I, that. I think they were on their third string running. It was back, like, they? and he it, was balling. It was like Jeff, was Wil great. Jeff Wilson or someone that went off for him. It wasn't even most or, or any of those guys. It was one of it, yeah. some, something Wilson. I think Jeff sounds right in my head. It might not be right, but yeah, I, I think you are right. But yeah. And then the Miami game, Miami wasn't good at running the football, but they just, I mean, they had no issues running the football on us that, yep. that final game. Um, yeah, that was, that was just tough. Just watching that week to week watching the struggles we had, uh, just stopping anything at all was just, yeah, no, it was not fun to watch. No. All right, moving on. Um, we're going to kind of get off of, you know, current topics right now, but Michael C. Ballot asked, which Super Bowl victory is your most favorite? His was Super Bowl 51. Obviously, that's going to be a popular one in Patriots Nation with the 28-3 comeback, but what was your favorite Super Bowl victory? Yeah, the, I, I think I'm going to go with, 49 against the Seahawks. I mean, it was it was clearly between those two for me, between against the Falcons. That comeback was unreal, but same with the Seahawks. Uh, the Both games were so great, but I, I, I'm too young to remember watching the first few live. Yeah. So, I mean, I've watched them a million times afterwards, but I don't remember watching them live because I was I was young, but still kind of biased with these, these newer Super Bowls. But yeah, that Seattle game was incredible and just back and forth, kind of back and forth, and, and coming down to the wire. Seattle makes an unreal catch. Um, Russell Wilson throws it up, and the guy makes an unreal catch, hits his hand, foot, bounces up, he catches it, and you're like, oh, no, not again. It's a giant Super Bowl all over yeah. again. Somebody makes a phenomenal catch, and, and we're going to lose the game. And then just that Malcolm Butler out of nowhere, that interception was just that, – that was probably the most exciting moment in sports – that I've ever experienced in my life. So I, I have to go with that one. That one kind of holds a special place in my heart just because you, everybody was just like, Oh no. And just five seconds later, just boom interception. And everybody's just freaking out. You're like, Oh my God, no way that there's no way that just happened. Um, as you could see from Brady's reaction on the sideline, him jumping up and down, screaming like a little girl. It was, it was pretty funny. So that one would be my favorite Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I remember thinking the same thing when Jermaine Curse made that catch bouncing off of his legs and Butler made a great oh, he made a great he made a great deflection, but it was I'm like, this is yeah. not happening again because I'm pretty sure that the David Tyree catch happened in Arizona too, and that's where we were playing Seattle was in Phoenix. So I was like, same yep. stadium, same bull crap, you know, lucky catch and stuff. And then like you mentioned, you know, a lot of people don't realize, but I remember watching uh NFL films thing on this, you know, a couple of months after the Super Bowl, but Dante Hightower might have saved the Super Bowl before Malcolm Butler ever did with his one arm tackle on Marshawn Lynch. 
and you know he comes oh, yeah. from out oh, yeah. of nowhere that too. and he makes that tackle and then it just shows to the pr- the preparation that Bill Belichick does and the legend Ernie Adams right where they practice that play and and sure enough in practice Butler they didn't get a good enough jam with Browner and Butler went underneath and he was late and it what happens it comes to the game and Browner jams him and Butler runs over the top and he makes an amazing play. And what I think is incredible is that was not an easy interception. I'm looking at a picture of it right now in my room. Like he's running full speed, making contact with Lockett or uh, yeah, one, whoever it was. And he, he doesn't catch it with his hands. He catches it with his body, like up on his shoulder. Like it was by no means an easy catch Butler, an undrafted guy out of South Alabama. Like it's one of the most, Patriot stories ever on who made the play and how prepared the Patriots were in my mind. And that was the craziest thing, like in in my mind at least, was that they practiced that same exact thing in practice multiple times, and Malcolm Butler didn't get it once. So, you know what I mean? Like, they, they went over it. He knew that was something that could end up coming, and he didn't succeed at it in practice, but just having the preparation and knowing that could be a possibility and just when when the moment counted when the game was on the line he made the play and it was yeah it was not an easy play he was made big contact with the wide receiver and the ball was at his shoulder he made a nice catch and smartly dove uh, a couple yards in front of the goal line so that it wasn't a safety I, I, i'm not really sure if he if it would have been a safety or not it looked like it was close but he he wasn't going to take the risk and he just dove a couple yards in front and just this won the game for us on that play. Yeah, just absolute Patriot story, undrafted guy. It was it was incredible. And especially coming back right after they make that crazy catch on you and you made a great deflection, but they ended up making the catch and you're you're pissed. You think you just lost this. You think you that was the play that just made your team lose the Super Bowl. And then Dante Hightower makes a nice one arm tackle on just a, a beast of a running back, Marshawn Lynch, and then you make the play to save the Super Bowl and yeah, no, it, it was awesome, and it that was during the time that we were kind of in a Super Bowl drought. We hadn't we hadn't won, and what that was going to be like ten years since yeah, then, something like that. So yeah, and that would have been tough losing another one in heartbreaking fashion like that. So yeah, that that was my personal favorite. I'm not I'm not sure what yours was. Uh, it's hard to say anything other than those two. I have a great appreciation of, um, when we beat the Rams. I I know it's not the popular opinion. Everyone wants to see points, but I thought it was a masterclass performance by Belichick. And I mean, remember that year? That was when the Rams beat Kansas City like 55 to 52 on Monday Night Football. And the Rams were just having a stellar year with Sean McVay as one as a new coach that was just like the air raid offense, Jared Goff. And New England comes in and holds them to three points. And I, I thought it was a masterclass. I have a great appreciation for defense that's what i play that's what i coach um where i coach at and stuff on the defense side of the ball and so i I thought it was a a master class by belichick i i loved it it wasn't the most fun super bowl to watch but i just sat there in awe the whole time like how are we doing this and then on the other side how is how are the rams doing this to us and then obviously you know you have that great last second catch by uh gronk that gets us down there um you know kind of his goodbye to new england and uh, you got to love seeing Julian Edelman win Super Bowl MVP. So there's a lot of things in that Super Bowl, even though the score didn't show it, that I, I loved. And so many people kind of crapped on that Super Bowl and hated it. And I, I, I mean, I understand it because if you're not a fan of the Patriots, then 
you watch that Super Bowl and you're like, okay, so there's no action, there's no scoring. What's exciting about this? But just as a football fan, you got to appreciate how tough that was for the Patriots to hold the Rams to three points and for the Rams to hold the Patriots to 13. I mean, both defenses and both coaches had a phenomenal game plan to stop the other, and it was just textbook defensive football. And I know it's not exciting score wise, but you just you got to appreciate being a football lover. You got to appreciate that type of football and and how tough that was and just the game plan and the grit of both defenses to hold the other offenses the entire game to just such a limited score um yeah i mean wasn't even a touchdown until gronk made that phenomenal play when the patriots ran like that same play like three or four times in a row and had success with it and then threw it up to gronk and sony got the touchdown but yeah no that was that was a phenomenal game on both sides defensively and there were definitely some exciting key plays and just uh, Kyle Van Noy, um, he had a couple pressures on Jared Goff that were big. Gilmore had that catch. Um, Sony Michelle had an actual phenomenal game as he well. Had a phenomenal he, playoff he, that, that year. Last, yeah, no, oh yeah, that that whole playoff run was was great. I mean, he did great versus the Chargers, and then had some couple runs against the Chiefs and stuff. But that last drive to seal the game, where when uh, Kostowski kicked the field goal or whatever, Sony was great. He had some some huge runs to close the game when the Rams knew we were going to be running the ball. James Devlin was good. So yeah, that, that definitely was an exciting one for me as well. I, I got to ask, there was an interview with Tom Brady a couple months ago. I don't remember the exact date, but he got asked if he had the choice to give up two of his Super Bowls in new England for the one Super Bowl loss to the giants when we were undefeated, would you do that as a Patriots fan? So yeah, I've been asked this before. So two. So we so we would only and, have and getting five, that one. Yeah, we right? only have five Super Bowl wins, but one of them was that undefeated year. Yes, I I, I personally absolutely. I a hundred percent would too. And I mean, that was just that was one of the first Super Bowls that I remember watching mm-hmm. live, and it was just heartbreaking. Like just that season, how incredible that season was, and nobody had ever done it before. That would just be another record for the record books for this Patriots team and this dynasty of, of how phenomenal it was. So that, that one was heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, as long as you can choose which two to give up, I would absolutely do that because that was just such a historic year. And that would have been just the, the cherry on top. Yeah. It, it, it eats at me every time I see like a video of the David Tyree helmet catch or something. I just, I can't believe Eli Manning got away from, who was it that was trying to sack him? And then he throws it up and over Rodney Harrison. Like, uh, I know it's painful to talk about, but I know it's hard oh, for no. people yeah. to say they'd give up another Super Bowl because six is it's crazy. Like we we pretty much had two separate dynasties, but I, I don't know. And I mean, a lot of people are probably thinking like, God, we you're going to give up a Super Bowl. We just love to win one. I know I mean, a lot of teams haven't even won one yet, so. It it sounds crazy, but I mean, but how many teams are going to go undefeated? Year. We haven't seen another undefeated regular season since then. Let alone, I, I mean, it's yeah. so hard nowadays. They just added seventeen games now. Like I, I yeah, just, just I, I would have never, I would have given that up. I don't know if it would have ever been beaten. I don't know if we'll ever see a perfect regular season again with all the injuries, the extended game. You know, it, it's going to be tough. I, I I would do it too, and you know, to get Randy Moss one. I know he wasn't here long, but. To get him one with Brady, I thought it would have been I, – I, I would have done that in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, the, especially the connection they had that season and how historic that was. That would it's, It just 
That would have been awesome. So many of the Super Bowls are just the two against the Giants we lost, and then that Eagles one I'm still mad about. Yep. I'll, I'll forever be mad about all three of those. But, <laughs> I mean, with how, how well Brady played in that Eagles Super Bowl, um, what, 505 yeah. passing yards, something NFL crazy record, like that. Set a, set a record, yeah. Yeah, it's just – I feel like we I feel like we could have won all three of those and that would have been insane obviously nine Super Bowls but I mean we had a couple lucky bounces go our way as well so I guess I guess it evens it out but yeah. the the Edelman catch in Atlanta and then um the Malcolm Butler that Malcolm Butler play That's but, the thing is that was, that's that the was thing is everyone wants, that was less everyone wants to say well you guys had that Edelman catch and you guys had the Butler interception K okay, well Take away the David Tyree catch and the Mario Manningham catch, and we get those two. So what what, what are you going to say about that? Like, yeah, and if the, if uh, I can't remember who who you said the Seattle catch was by, but if they don't make that catch, Seattle doesn't. Yeah, Seattle's not in position to score. Yeah, there, Jermaine you know I mean? Curse is so who that got it. that spectacular. Yeah, Curse. Yeah. yeah, if Curse didn't make that catch, they're not in that position to score the winning touchdown. So it's yeah, we've had our fair share against us, and I I, I think the Malcolm Butler one was a little less luck and more just that was a phenomenal play you know what i mean um but I, i'll say that that edelman catch was kind of our one lucky lucky one to bounce back for the three catches that went against us yeah you know that was i'm sure falcon that probably eats at falcons fans because that was their only look at where they are now like that was their only chance to win a super bowl well it had been their only chance up to then and so I'm sure that one eats at Falcons fans, but every team that has a catch like that, it's going to eat at them by. So, yeah, especially when Julio made that phenomenal catch on the sideline yeah. too, that you thought was going to seal it. And yeah, that was just that whole game was, I mean, just insane. I I, I thought there was no chance at all that we were going to come back from that. And it, it was funny. I I was watching it with a few of my buddies um, at my friend's house, and my one of my friends, the only one in the room who wasn't a Pats fan, he. He just watches NFL football in general, and he's more of a college football guy. But, anyways, he was he was sitting there, and, and he's like, "I don't I don't know why you guys are freaking out." He was like, "And this is when it was twenty eight to three. He was like, Brady's gonna this. You guys are gonna win this game." He's like, "Brady's gonna come back." He's like, "I've seen it too many times. I've I've seen the Patriots win too many times to know how this is gonna end." And we're we're all looking at him. We're like, "Dude, you're crazy. This is like, there's no chance. This is different, we're right? Down twenty eight yeah. to three in the third. This quarter. is a different comeback. Yeah, th- this there's." This is too much of a mountain to climb. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he was just like, no, I'm telling you guys. He's like, I'm not a Pats fan, so it's easy for me to look at it, yep. is, is what he was saying or whatever. And I was like, there's no way. And we ended up winning. And he was like, first thing he said, he was like, I told you guys. Yeah. He, he did call it. It was crazy. Well, and, and it was the whole, you know, the defense wasn't playing too good. We were getting mismatches. Tevin Coleman on Nikovich. And then Dante Hightower comes in and makes that strip sack. And right then you felt the tide turn. Because I'm pretty sure when he made that strip sack, it was 28 to 9. So we had already scored, but we were, you know, still down, you know, a ton. And he makes that strip sack. We go down and score. Yeah, I, I it was crazy. I, I remember Hope was like, can Brady do this? And I'm like, no, no one can do this. Like, as good as, as great as Brady is, no one can do this. But, yeah, I, I think that. the way the game was going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There was no, like, momentum towards us at, at first. And it was like, there's no way. We've had, the struggles we've had have been just ridiculous there's no way that we can come back from this and then that you hear that mic'd up clip of uh hightower on the sidelines he's like no more my bads no more i'll get it next time everything's got to be perfect Mm -hmm. everything and after that he makes that strip sack and just they the comeback starts and yeah no that was that game was incredible yeah it was such a roller coaster of and you don't want to jinx anything and you're sitting there you're like 
when we're we're down by eight and then we score and we're like, oh my God, your two point conversion, this game's tied. And then you're like, oh, I kind of felt confident to where I was like, all right. So once it was overtime, I was like, if we win this coin toss, there's no way we lose. Yeah, right? Brady's going to take us down. Crazy yeah. towards us. I was like, there's, yeah. So once we won the coin toss, I was like, oh my God, this, this might actually happen. And then toss to white touchdown. It was, yeah, just so many freaking, so many great memories from Patriots Super Bowls. And it, it's hard to pick just one favorite, but those two sit atop my list. Yeah. Well, you know, it's awesome to reminisce in the past, but we have one last question here from Red Sox fan 2018, and we won't get too in depth in this because we're going to have a full AFC uh, East and, you know, NFL predictions on records. But I looked up the Patriots over under for wins and the, it is nine wins. So uh, you got to think the Patriots again over nine wins, right? Yeah, I, I didn't know that was the bet line. I hadn't I hadn't seen that. I would definitely I would definitely hammer the over on I that would too. I don't I think I think that's the absolute floor for them wins wise. I think floor is nine and eight ceiling is probably like what twelve and twelve and five. five. Yeah. I, I if that's, if I didn't look at the line, I would have said it at eleven and said, Do you feel comfortable with eleven? Now that's kind of where I would have said, ah, it's hard for me to say we're going to get 12. I could see it. I don't know if I'd bet money, but when they're when people are betting on nine over under nine wins, I mean, I'd bet the over on that I would, too. I would I would definitely bet money on the over for nine wins. I think the perfect line would be 10 and a half wins over under. That would that would be where I'd be like, okay. Cuz I think they're going to get 10 to 11 wins and I think with the addition the Titans just made, I had us maybe winning that game in a close one, but I think we might lose that game now it being late in the season where that's going to be like 13 weeks without a buy yet. So I think we're going to be tired in that game and we'll get, we'll get more in depth. We'll, we'll go over each game. Um, like once the season gets closer, we'll go over each game and our predictions for each one and how we think it's going to go. But yeah, anyways, I think, I think 10 to 11 wins is going to be what, what we'll end up with. I think 10 and seven is going to be probably my final prediction, but well, and it's, I, I it's frustrating. I'm looking at wins. these over unders and the Cowboys are, nine and a half the saints are nine and a half and the chargers are nine now i know there's a lot of hype at the chargers but you're going to tell me that you're going to rely on the chargers to get nine wins more than the patriots and you think the saints without drew Brees and Jameis winston and the cowboys are going to get nine and a half wins and you're only putting the patriots at nine like i'm not trying to discredit any of those guys but with the shape of that team that or those three teams are in a young chargers team a saints team that's a way over the cap without their quarterback that's been there forever and a Cowboys team who can just never get over the hump. Like that's just kind of frustrating to me as a Patriots fan. Yeah. And it, it's hard to tell if I'm being biased or not, but I just, I feel like we're the, one of the most disrespected teams right now. Just nobody, the, the amount of hate that, and I've, I've seen record predictions all over Instagram about what our record's going to be. And I've seen people saying we're going to go seven and 10 and, I'm just like, what are you talking? I don't know. It's just the the amount of disrespect that people are and the lack of credit people are giving the Patriots this year is is unbelievable, especially with the talent that we added. And I understand the quarterback position. You got to have a quarterback to have success in this league. But I mean, I just I have I would think people from over the years would have enough faith in Bill Belichick to say, okay, this guy's not going to let the Patriots be this bad two years in a row and with all the talent he added and he got to pick hand pick who he wanted I, I don't think there's any way that we have that bad of a record yeah totally agree 
Well, guys, thank you for sending in your questions uh, for the Q&A. That's going to wrap up this episode. Um, I'll let Cole take us out, but thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in again. Thank you for sending in those questions. I'm sure we'll do more Q&As, and, and in the future, we'll probably do a couple live shows or whatever where you guys can comment questions live or you can join you can join in on the call, and we can take your question live and, and do it that way. But if you guys haven't listened to the episode last week, we had Patriot Safety Adrian Colbert on. Um, big thank you again to him for coming on. That was awesome. We're working on getting maybe another guest at some point in training camp. We, we won't give out too much details on that yet, but so um, – Stay tuned for that episode next week, I believe, with another Patriots page before training camp. So seven more days to go before training camp starts, and we'll be getting right back into it. So I can't wait. But thank you guys for listening, and come back again next week for another episode. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Patriots Drive podcast. Follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things New England Patriots. Make sure you tune in to the next episode. And check out PatriotsDrive.com for more great content. You're on to Cincinnati.